Namaste. Sat Nam. Happy New Year, bitches. Welcome back to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. Greetings from Deer Park, Texas, my hometown. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, before I get to the podcast, I forgot last time I did the podcast to announce some upcoming show dates. Uh, check out my website, therapistjokes.com or therapistjokes.com. I have um, a bunch of art for sale on there, and then I have all my show dates. But next week, Tuesday, January 9th, I'll be in Houston at The Secret Group at 10.30 p.m. That show is crazy. You will get free shots of Jack Daniels if you come. It is just a drunken free-for-all, or as I like to call it, church. So I hope to see you all there if you're in Houston. Next Saturday, January 13th, I will be in Marfa, Texas, my home in far west Texas in the middle of nowhere in the desert. I'm going to be recording a 30-minute album at the Lost Horse Saloon. So if I have any listeners out in West Texas, El Paso, Alpine, Terralingua, anywhere out the in the Big Bend, come on out. It'll be at 9 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm bringing some comics from Houston, Gabe Bravo, Zahid Jajawi. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> and Abby Benes from San Antonio is also coming out. So that's going to be a great show. In New York, come out to Pine Box Rock Shop Saturday, January 27th at 7.30 p.m. for an all-new Trigger Play comedy show. And in February, I'll be at the Big Little Comedy Festival in San Antonio, Texas. My show is Saturday, February 17th at, I believe, 10 p.m. But make sure you check my website, therapistjokes.com. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, also at therapistjokes. Okay business out of the way. Hi. <laughs> Hello, all. Uh, welcome back. It's a new year. Uh, shit is cold as fuck, even in Texas, though I'm trying to remain grateful because I see that in New York, um, it's about 17 degrees. Though, according to our president, you know, what global warming? That's what I say. I agree. You know, I mean, shit's cold. Like, who's talking about shit getting warm? Like, good thing we pulled out of that Paris Agreement. Anyway, um, so what's been going on with me? Actually, today, this morning, give me a round of applause. I submitted my application for grad school. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking around the room. There's a teddy bear staring at me. No one is clapping. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I finally got the application in. So I have about 10 days for my professors who are writing letters to get their letters in. So fingers crossed, thoughts and prayers uh, that I that it goes well because I only applied for one program. So we'll see. I'll keep y'all updated. I promise I'll let y'all know even if I don't get in. <laughs> That's the risk of telling people when something is up in the air is that then if you don't get it, you're like, oh, well, <laughs> tail between my legs. But if I don't get in, then it wasn't meant to be because I did all I could. I took the GRE on Tuesday and got that out of the way. My scores were decent, uh, decent enough. <laughs> so I worked hard. I'm proud of the work that I did. It's, I guess it's not about doing everything perfectly. It's about doing the best that you can. And just like, for me, it was like, I know this is what I wanted to do. Let me put in the work and do it and see if I get a return on my investment. And if not, then we'll see what's next. <laughs> I send prayers and ask for guidance along the way. So anyway, this podcast is just me again, giving sort of a diary from the road. 
I, like I just said earlier, I'm in Deer Park. That's my hometown. Staying with my mom until, and get, doing some shows in Houston until I go to Marfa to record my special, which I'm super excited about. Uh, made it through New Orleans alive. New Orleans never really got better. <laughs> it was just cold and rainy and that's life. So just lean into it, I guess. So uh, like I said, I'm just grateful I'm not in New York where it's darker and even colder and I'm sure I would be even more seasonally depressed. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to read some poems to y'all and give some reflections and kind of talk about a fight I had with my mom last night, <laughs> uh, which exploded and ended up resolving into something beautiful. So since I've been studying for the GRE and it's been cold, it's just, I guess it's seasons is the right word for it, right? Is like not every day is going to be beautiful. Not every day is going to be warm and sunny. And not every day am I going to feel connected to myself. Some days my mind is going to be racing and I'm going to be worried about all the things that I need to get done and getting lost in thoughts and getting stuck in sadness or self-doubt and not feeling connected to myself or to any sort of divine figure, not feeling connected to God. Um, so that's where the poetry comes in and helps. So this poem is by John O'Donohue. It's called, For One Who Is Exhausted, A Blessing. When the rhythm of the heart becomes hectic, time takes on the strain until it breaks. Then all the unattended stress falls in on the mind like an endless, increasing weight. The light in the mind becomes dim. Things you could take in your stride before now become laborsome events of will. Weariness invades your spirit. Gravity begins falling inside you dragging down every bone. The tide you never valued has gone out, and you are marooned on unsure ground. Something within you has closed down, and you cannot push yourself back to life. You have been forced to enter empty time. The desire that drove you has relinquished. There is nothing else to do now but rest and patiently learn to receive the self you have forsaken in the race of days. At first, your thinking will <laughs> At first, your thinking will darken, and sadness will take over like listless weather. The flow of unwept tears will frighten you. You have traveled too fast over false ground. Now your soul has come back to take you. Take refuge in your senses, Open up to all the small miracles you rushed through. Become inclined to watch the way of rain when it falls slow and free. Imitate the habit of twilight, taking time to open the well of color that fostered the brightness of day. Draw alongside the silence of stone until its calmness can claim you. Be excessively gentle with yourself. Stay clear of those vexed in spirit. Learn to linger around someone of ease who feels they have all the time in the world. Gradually, 
you will return to yourself, having learned a new respect for your heart and the joy that dwells far within slow time. So, this poem is, it spoke to me, and it's sort of connected to what I was going through in the last podcast with, when I was in New Orleans, where, and I'm sure this happens to everybody, where we become so busy and stressed that we lose a connection with ourselves, and we get so weighed down in depression whether it's seasonal or for me I've been sort of around like not really by choice but around some people who are sort of depressed and that kind of makes me depressed and I excuse me I've been studying for the GRE and I haven't had time to really write any new jokes or I haven't really taken any time to work on art which are those are two huge things for me that reconnect me with myself and it's totally natural it's like not every day are we going to feel connected to ourselves and not every day is it going to be easy but it's like that's okay (laughs) I guess it's sort of the message of the poem is like just be patient and be kind with yourself that, you know, not every day, I wrote this in my last poem, like not every day does the sun shine brightly, like not every day is going to feel great. And all you can do is whatever little things you can do to return to a place of gratitude, a place of reconnecting with yourself, to slow down and to enjoy the rain rather than looking at it as something that's fucking up your day (laughs) so yeah like I was saying I just I've been I have been kind of depressed and I used to be like you know diagnosed with depression uh, before I was in therapy and in the middle of therapy and thank god and thank my therapist (laughs) thank psychedelics that I don't really struggle with depression in a way that I used to but I guess just as a comic or maybe as a creative person in general I'm just sort of inclined in that way when it just happens like not every day is gonna be great so like I've just been sort of depressed lately and it's been frustrating and it's like I'm in the middle of the day where I just feel like I'm doing yoga, I'm trying to meditate, and like it just still doesn't seem to be working. (laughs) But I guess this is something for y'all to know or like advice or whatever is like just like hang in there. Like (laughs) things get better. Not every day is going to be good. I know I keep saying that, but I just, I guess I'm just saying that for myself. (laughs) That just like hang in there. And I think. Having a place like coming from a place of gratitude is always good. Gratitude kind of grounds me, um, though that's sometimes easier said than done. Like I, um, I've had. I guess I'll talk about it now. I had 
a big argument with my mom last night. What happened was, so I don't, this is very personal stuff, but I don't mind sharing at all. If anybody, if anybody cares, <laughs> um, I, I don't talk to my brother, uh, which is unfortunate, but he has, um, stolen from me so many times and taken advantage of me that I've unfortunately had to cut off that relationship because it was, the love was all one-sided and he just was always taking advantage of me. So yesterday I asked my mom, we were putting some things up in the attic and I was like, oh, is my surfboard up in the attic? I have this surfboard that I bought when I was 16 years old that I saved up for. It was an eight foot, six inch, hot pink Robert August surfboard. I had it custom made. They signed it for me. Like it just was something I was so proud of. And so I was like, oh, you know, now I'm Houston. Maybe I'll go to Galveston surf. Like when I go to LA, I'll bring it out there. So I asked my mom, I was like, oh, is my surfboard up in the attic? And she said, no, she said, I, your brother said he could have it. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I never said that. And she was like, I'm not delusional. And I was like, I'm not delusional. <laughs> and we got into a big argument that first started with me coming from a place of hurt, um, from being stolen from by a family member who um, I have cut off because of that. And now it's just another thing that has been stolen from me. And so I was very upset and I didn't completely, you know, blame my mom for it. Um, on some level I did. On some level I just was so hurt and confused that I didn't really even know how to process the feelings. And so I went into the my room, um, called my therapist, who I don't see regularly um, because I already beat therapy. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I... I just don't need therapy in the same way that I used to. I've, I've learned a lot about myself and, but she's always there. I'm just so grateful for her. Like she's always there. If I ever need her, I can call her. So I called her and she, you know, started to shed some light on that. It's obviously not just about the surfboard, but it's about what the surfboard symbolizes. Um, that it, one, it was, something that I saved up for and was proud of um but that it also symbolized freedom and fun and that is now stolen from me and taken away from me and that's redundant but <laughs> bear with me <laughs> and I was like how do I approach this to with my mom where how do I bring it up and let her know that I didn't feel like I was being protected when she gave him that surfboard 
knowing my brother is an addict and it's like why would you knowingly give an addict something like why would you believe him um and not check with me first like you know he's a liar like of course he's gonna why would I just give him a surfboard that cost me like almost a thousand dollars um so I asked my therapist like how to bring it up and she mentioned something about just like you know starting with like I'm not attacking you (laughs) I just want to tell you how I feel so I went to my mom and I just was like I was like I'm upset because ultimately I feel like I wasn't protected and I always felt like that in my childhood like I always felt like my brother would like you know hurt me and emotionally and physically and I never really felt like I had any sort of protection from him and it just like re-brought up all this trauma that I had worked so hard to get through in therapy and then it was just like all these old feelings like came rushing back and so the conversation I had with my mom started good like it started productive um and then there was a point when I guess I I started to feel like not validated by her and so I started to get angry and started to lash out and I started to yell (laughs) and she's super Christian and I said fuck (laughs) and I was like you're fucking fuck 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 blah 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 and she kicked me out of the house she's like get out of my house you can't use that language in my house so I was devastated and and I think I was part of the devastation was not feeling understood and also growing up I was never allowed to express anger or disapproval and so and so I like suppressed that like I didn't even know how to be angry until I was like in therapy until I was like 25 years old it's like oh anger can be justified like anger can be an emotion that needs to be expressed and then you express it and then you can move forward and you know forgiveness and so on but if you suppress it then like any other feeling if you suppress it it's gonna come out in other ways it's gonna permeate it's gonna create anxiety so to me when I started to get angry at my mom last night it was justified and not and and just an expression of passion in the moment that shouldn't be held in So when I expressed anger and she kicked me out of her house, it just felt like more of the same trauma from like my childhood of not being able to express what I was feeling. It's like, oh, if I express anything in opposition to you, you know, then it's I'm not listened to. I'm not validated. Like, get out. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, and so so then I call my therapist again (laughs) and I was like shit fuck (laughs) 
I was like, it started so good. The conversation started so good. I started talking about how I felt and not felt how I didn't feel protected and how I was hurt. And then it escalated and she kicked me out. And my therapist, um, she just offered soothing words. And she said, I believe in you. You're resourceful. You know, let me know if you need anything. So... So there I was just like packing and crying and just like trying to figure out what I had a show last night. I was like, what am I even going to wear? Like, I can't. (laughs) I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to wear. Like, I don't even know where I'm going to stay. Like, just crying. And I'm just like on my knees, just like praying, just like help, 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 help. And then I heard my mom in the hallway and I called her over and I was like I don't even know what to say and then I just kind of started to say what I was feeling I was like I was like I don't understand why I'm not allowed to express my feelings and she's like I felt like you were being disrespectful and I made my case that saying the word fuck is not disrespectful but it was an expression of a feeling and and that like I shouldn't have to hide how I'm feeling because you want to be sheltered um, because you don't like something that's in opposition to you. And I mean, I'm leaving out a lot of the conversation, but we ended up just talking through it and it was it was tense. It went from, you know, just a lot of blame on both ends, a lot of both of us not feeling like our perspectives are valid like she felt like I was like I'm always blaming her for um not being a good mom and I've definitely done that in the past um when I was working through it but I really don't now like I have learned to accept my mom for who she is and accept that there will be limitations in the relationship because that's inevitable in any parent-child relationship there will be limitations like I mean you're God bless you if you can completely be yourself around your parents and they're just like your friends or whatever but I think most people have certain boundaries that are there between them and their parents and so my mom and I talked about it for about another hour last night and kind of came to a resolve We ended up talking through it and just sort of ended up like both of us apologizing to the other person for the things that we might have said that hurt the other person. And um, it just was a really special moment. And I'm just like really grateful because I know a lot of people don't really have the skills or the vocabulary to know how to work through problems and to face them head on um because it's not always easy in fact it's more often than not extremely difficult (laughs) to talk about what you're really feeling and first of all to even know what you're really feeling takes a lot of work in and of itself like I think there was the longest time when I didn't even know that I had anger inside me I didn't even know what like the deeper feelings were so like that alone is hard and then it can be even more difficult to express those feelings and express them in a way where the other person 
can listen in a way that's not just accusatory and and even when shit gets tense and even when stuff does you know emotions start flying off the rails like that I'm just so grateful to my therapist to God to my mom for being open that we were able to work through it um because it's just I've gone through times where I haven't where I didn't talk to her at all and I mean she's all I have I mean my dad passed away I don't know if y'all know that if I've mentioned that my dad passed away about six years ago so it's and I don't talk to my brother so it's like she's all I have so it's just like but it's not always easy because there is still there are still issues I guess that need to be resolved but the fact that she's even open to resolving them with me and to talking with me about them is more than I could have ever asked for in my childhood and the fact that we came to a resolution is just like so freeing and really deepens our like really deepened our relationship so this morning I asked her if she wanted to do a forgiveness meditation with me um there's this woman I I really like she has a podcast her name is Tara Brock Uh, If you're into Buddhism or anything like that, definitely check her out. She's a bad bitch. (laughs) Um, And to my surprise, my mom said yes, that she would do a forgiveness meditation with me. And in that meditation is where I heard this poem. Um, It's by, pardon my reading, (laughs) it's by Swami Kripalu. Kripalu. Um, okay. My beloved child, break your heart no longer. Each time you judge yourself, you break your own heart. You stop feeding on the love which is the wellspring of your vitality. The time has come, your time to live, to celebrate, and to see the goodness that you are. You, my child, are divine. You are pure. You are sublimely free. You are God in disguise and you're always perfectly safe. Do not fight the dark. Just turn on the light. Let go and breathe into the goodness that you are. So within the framework of the forgiveness meditation, this poem came up as sort of along the lines of freeing yourself um, by forgiving yourself and freeing yourself by forgiving others and leaning into the goodness. And I think a lot of times we either out of fear of confronting issues or fear of that if we let go of our anger that we won't feel protected and like we hold on to our fears as if like that if I let go then like then I won't be safe and like what do I have to hold on to but there's a freedom in letting go right like in forgiveness it's like it's like washing your soul it's like taking a shower for your soul like to let go so 
I would just encourage anybody here, <laughs> anybody listening, is anybody listening? Hello. 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 <laughs> um, if anybody's listening to this, um, that if there's anything that you're holding on to, um, forgiveness, um, for yourself or something that you need to forgive from somebody else, um, I would encourage you to explore that because I want you to feel freedom too. So if you look on Tara Brock's website and you go under meditations, there's a tab that says meditations that free the heart. And in there, there's a bunch of forgiveness meditations. I'll try to post a link actually when I uh, post this podcast also. So that's the rundown of what happened with my mom. I'm happy now. I'm grateful. Um, Got my, I was going to say GED application. (laughs) My brain is still fried, apparently. My GRE application in, so I'm feeling a lot better on an upswing. Um, What else? Oh, yeah, there's one more poem that I wanted to read. Um, Okay, it's called... I said to the wanting creature inside me, it's by Kabir. I said to the wanting creature inside me, what is the river you want to cross? There are no travelers on the river road and no road. Do you see anyone moving about on that bank or nesting? There is no river at all and no boat and no boatman. There is no tow rope either and no one to pull it. There is no ground, no sky, no time, no bank, no ford. There is no body and no mind. Do you believe there is some place that will make the soul less thirsty? In the great absence you will find nothing. Be strong then and enter into your own body. There you have a solid place for your feet. Think about it carefully. Don't go off somewhere else. Kabir says this, just throw away all thoughts of imaginary things and stand firm in that which you are. So essentially this poem is about not getting lost in our thoughts and not getting lost in anything that's not tangible and in this present moment so I don't know if any of you have any sort of practices that bring you into your body like yoga meditation running but I would encourage you to find something like that because it's like actually being in the body is a very spiritual experience and being present I've said this a million times before being present and in the body is the only thing that's actually real. Our thoughts are just these intangible, unpredictable, shifting clouds that don't define us. The only thing that's real is right now. And that's it. Thanks for listening, y'all. I wish you all well. Uh, Make sure you share the podcast with your friends. Tell people about it. Send me money. (laughs) I'm broke. Come to my shows. Buy my art. Check out my website. Until next time, I wish you all love, courage, 
Pussy, money, weed, enlightenment. Namaste. Namaste.